0: You're listening to the Boca Banter Photography Podcast with Joe High and Chris Golden. On today's show.
1: It's like imagine you go to the restaurant and the chef just cuts down all the meat and the veggies and then he just gives you like a tray of health-made dish and he goes, well, <laughs> here, help yourself.
0: That's, you You make know, something out of it.
1: Exactly, so, you know, we're photographers and we're storytellers But delivering digital is just giving it health away. It's all coming up on
0: Boca Banter.
2: Hey, everybody. You're tuning into episode, what is it now, eight that we've made it this far, Joe? Seven. How are we doing here? Seven.
0: Don't get ahead of yourself.
2: (laughs) I'm just so enthusiastic because we got a guest here again.
0: Yes, we do. Mr. Vlad Denko, here to speak with us about printmaking. Because, Vlad, you are, in my opinion, a print master print expert right
1: well thank you yes uh, i consider myself a well-experienced uh, printmaker let's put it this way
0: okay for for the sake of credentials though you actually are the personal printer for photographers who are entering in the print competitions in like wppi such as greg moment correct
1: Yes, I am. For WPPI and um, the competition that goes in Europe, uh, WPE, I believe it's called. Vlad,
0: we were hoping to talk to you about printmaking and your experience with it. And hopefully you can offer some inspiration to our listeners to maybe start doing their own printmaking or at least start considering making their work into printed results.
2: Especially in today's stage, because I mean, so many people just go shoot, Social media, done, or shoot, throw it on a thumb drive, done. And uh, it, a lot of people are losing the impact of print. And uh, I, I certainly did when I was first starting off because I'd consider myself an entirely digital photographer until you know the first batch of prints came in. And I was like, wow, this needs to happen.
1: Yes, I called those type of photographers, and I have to admit I used to be that way myself. It's called shoot, at a burn versus uh who all three of us right now is shoot edit print mm-hmm. what got
0: you to the point where you wanted to uh get into printmaking where was that turning point can you tell us about that
2: yeah because you, you do come from an experience in photography right
1: uh yes i do and uh i think uh, uh I would rather say that I came back to printmaking rather than I evolved to printmaking. And I'll tell you uh, like a little story how this happened. So uh, initially I was born in a family of a photographer and that was back in 80s, late, late 80s. And my dad, when he was a photographer, the only way to be a photographer was to actually print your photos. Back then there was no digital so as a seven-year-old kid i actually grew up in a home-based print shop my bedroom had the photo dryer and photo developer sitting in the corner so i grew up with the smell of (laughs) beretta and the smell of you know photographic paper and so good for you yeah, so, I mean, and then it turned digital, but for me, kind of subconsciously, photography always was printing at the end, you know. But obviously, we all kind of, you know, um, went into digital, and it was so nice because you could take thousands of pictures without any uh, any consequences of, you know, having to print them or store film. Uh, but... Uh, when Mira, my wife and I, we moved to United States and we we started our own photography business, and then we went into wedding photography after probably doing, uh, let's say, I don't know, 15 weddings or so, it happened that one of the wedding couples, uh, became our neighbors. So we could see him quite often. And probably like a year after we photographed their wedding, uh, the husband you know, of the couple that we photographed, and I were just kind of hanging out. i actually asked the guy, like, so let me ask you a question. That thumb drive was the photos that I gave you. Uh, how do you guys, how many times did you watch the thumb drive, so to speak? And he looked at me, and he goes, honestly, Vlad, we didn't really look at it that much. I mean, we looked at it the the day you gave us the thumb drive we you know stuck it on our laptop we looked over the photos i think my wife ordered a couple of prints but this is it and the, i think that was the trigger point for me because you know all the hard work i mean yes we got paid for it but still it's like all the hard work and there is no reward you know there is no
2: just the fruition. one no fast viewing no lasting appreciation
1: yeah and then actually it got me so bad that i emailed a couple of other of my wedding clients uh, and i just honestly asked them like okay guys we're just doing some research here and this and that can you please tell us like what did you do with our wedding package and that back then it was just you know envelope and maybe a thank you card and a thumb drive and Honestly, 100% of them answered, and we we questioned just three couples, but all of them answered like, you know what, Vlad, really not much, and we wish we could do more, but we just, you know, you gave us a thumb drive, it's not like we're going to, you know, rewatch the thumb drive every two weeks, so, and it was no-brainer, I talked to Mira, and I said, listen, we have to do something with it, because this is not right, you know, we're, we're taking the responsibility of creating people's memories, but I think we're just making it like halfway. It's like, imagine you go to the restaurant and the chef just cuts down all the meat and the veggies, and then he just gives you like a tray of health-made dish and he goes, well, <laughs> here, help yourself. That's- Do You make know,
0: something out of it.
1: Exactly. So, you know, we're photographers and we're storytellers. But delivering digital is just giving it healthy, you know? We're, we're analog creatures. We like to feel, we like to see, we like to touch, right? We like to physically interact with things. Uh, so, and as a storytellers, we are obliged to deliver something more than just a digital data, so we bought our first little printer. It was a Canon Pro 100. It's a very nice introduction. Still in is a-, a
0: very nice printer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's still a very nice printer. You're right, Joe. And, um uh, we just started from simply printing, you know, four by sixes, five by sevens, eight by tens. So that's a long story long how we got into printing. <laughs> well,
2: it's interesting that you mentioned that because even as a photographer, uh, My wife and I just celebrated our second anniversary, and Joe, you shot our wedding, and uh, we only ever take a look at the photos on our anniversary, apart from the ones that are printed and hung up around the house. Otherwise, I mean, even as a photographer, it's just so far in the back of my mind to, on occasion just grab these photos and take a look at them and enjoy them for what they are because you did a great job and it was the happiest day of my life. But even still as a photographer, the only time I really enjoy them is the ones that we have printed and displayed around the house.
0: You're right, Vlad. We are, we're analog creatures. We like to touch. We like to interact with physical items to, to trigger those memories. So not having that, if a thumb drive doesn't do that, nobody frames a thumb drive on their wall
1: at least the nine off. Yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting <laughs> idea.
0: I guess somebody can yeah. make a shadow box or something. But So what do you find, and I might not already know the answer to this, but besides the, okay, I'll frame it in this way. Besides the newfound appreciation from your clients for their photos, now that they're prints, what do you, fi- what do you find the most satisfying aspect of printmaking versus just shooting and burning?
1: Well, it's a good question. I think, uh, you know, there is two. Like, if if we rephrase this, you know, what are the two reasons why I am a printmaker sure. versus versus just image burner? Let's put it this way. So the first one we already talked about. It's it's a good it's a good thing for business when you're printing because uh, when normally your relationships with your client end when you deliver them a thumb drive. If you're printing or even if you're not a printmaker yourself but you're offering prints this is where your relationships with your client go to next level so printing your images brings your whole business as a photographer to a whole different level um that's one aspect so the business aspect is you know it's very uh, very powerful and the other aspect is just purely aesthetical you just you know photographing landscapes uh printing is very fulfilling You know, you treat your images differently when you print them. You know, there is a saying, I'm not sure who said this, but there is a saying, once the image is printed, it starts living its own life. You know,
0: Hmm.
1: otherwise, it's just a digital dust. But once you put the image on the paper it starts its life as a physical object. It can be hung on the wall. It can survive a fire. It can be moved to a different house. The frame can get damaged, replaced. It can be given as a a gift. It can, you know, so many ways, but it starts living its own life. So when you you actually print an image, you start treating it as an object. Uh, You know, we all have thousands and thousands of photos on our hard drives uh, but we don't have any specific feelings for them. They're just you know data. but once you print the image, it's it's there. you have it, you can give it as a gift. So uh, that's aesthetical aspect is very powerful for for photographer.
2: I think you're absolutely right, Vlad. And uh, specifically in regards to wedding photographies, I mean, if you ever want to sell an album or anything, I mean that's such a great pitch line is uh, you know, it's your first heirloom as a couple an album yeah. would be. Yeah. That's uh, a great way to put it.
1: Uh, I think, I think if like practically speaking, the most satisfying aspect is being a printmaker. I'll tell you a little story. So one of our wedding couples, they're happened to be my neighbors, the other neighbors. Uh, and it's interesting uh, because the story goes further. They actually moved in a house that I photographed for real estate agent, you know, and they saw oh, wow. my pictures and they purchased the house. They moved in and, uh, you know but every time when i walk my dog on their street i can see the portrait that i made that hangs on the wall i can see it through the window i'm not like specifically (laughs) you you know but just because they're not being too creepy about it no yeah i'm not yes but (laughs) unintentionally i can see that picture and i'll tell you what seeing your work in someone else's house. Like sometimes we come for a newborn photo session into people's home and I can see the wedding pictures hanging on the wall, like the actual, you know, not the framed USB drive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, that is satisfying to the ultimate point. You know, that's like, if I could work just for that without the money, I could probably do that, but I still need the money. True, fair, true.
2: Uh, I, I, I wanted to ask you because the reason that it took me so long to get into printmaking is because there's such what's the word I want to say
1: intimidation.
2: Yeah, th- there's a lot of intimidation to going into printing as far as you know material, gloss, matte, um, standard print, canvas, uh, mm-hmm. wood, glass, metal. I mean. There is so much to learn about it. It's an entire different skill set, and one that I'm still very much working on. I mean, I I text you every single time I want to print to be like, Vlad, what do you think this is going to look good on? uh, What advice would you say to somebody who kind of wants to dip their feet into the waters of print or printmaking and uh, don't really know where to start or uh, just need to get over that first initial gap?
1: Uh. My ultimate advice would be don't try to, like, get into it all in with the largest uh, printer and most complicated, you know, uh, uh, tools. Like, for example, don't start with making canvases. You're probably going to fail because making canvases is very complicated. It's hard. You know, it takes a lot of skills and materials. Uh, Starting with simple... Is always a good good. Uh, nowadays, the technology and you know the YouTube, the tutorials are giving us so much advance. Uh, you know, I helped—I wouldn't say a lot, but probably a dozen of photographers to start as a printmakers. And I always give them. Uh, I offer them uh, one of the Canon printers that are very easy to operate. You know, you can—I could probably get anyone printing in a couple hours just start small, start with small formats, don't start with like 30 by 60 banners, you know, start with 5 by 7, start with uh, just one type of paper, you know, and then once you master that skill, you can evolve to next level, you can evolve to like uh, two types of paper, you can evolve to a larger format, maybe you can learn how to do this and that, but, you know, general advice, start with something simple, and then kind of develop.
0: Okay. Uh, I have a question for, Mm -hmm. for the, for for the people listening who, um, maybe they don't have a photography hobby or business that revolves around like portraits and and clients. Um, so Mm -hmm. they might not do, they might not, maybe they're landscape photographers or, um, maybe they have artistic pursuits that don't involve clientele. Um, would you, I would assume that you would still advise them to print their work, um, would that be, would, for his, would that be true?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, see what's really helpful nowadays and what's different from say 10 years ago, if you would buy a printer 10 years ago, you have to use it on a daily basis. Otherwise it would dry, right? It would, the ink would dry and this and that the nowadays technology allows us to buy a printer and literally use it once a month with no consequences.
0: That's good to know that there's not like the obligation to continually use the machine.
2: That's news to me as well. I, I've always been on the impression, like, you got to use it. Print something out. Print something out, for God's yeah. sake.
1: I mean, it doesn't apply to all the brands, and uh, I'm not being paid to say this, but Canon actually kind of revolutionized the, the printmaking industry in terms, like, all of the printers they're making right now, they have a built-in software, so to speak, or sequence. Uh, as long as the printer is plugged in into the outlet... Every 24 or 40 hours, depends on the model, it will go through self-cleaning and ink purging sequence. So literally, you don't have to do anything. It will consume a very small amount of ink, but it will. Uh, I literally, I have one of my printers is a Canon uh, 2400. It's a big printer, and I, I'll admit, I don't use it, especially in nowadays. Since we're going through this pandemic, I don't use it every day. I use it maybe every 10 days, but. Uh, it just turns on and prints one single photo and then turns off and says there
2: i gotta tell you i'm looking at my little hp office jet pro over here that takes 10 minutes to warm up any time that i want to print something and it says doing maintenance the moment i hit print yeah. uh, feeling a little bit like a chump right now
0: yeah. <laughs> do you print any photos of your own that aren't directly for clients and do you find here's the the real question i want to get to do you find yourself as a photographer more creative or, or shooting differently now that you're of a print mindset, like with that being the end goal, how does that change what you actually do um, when you're pursuing creating imagery at a wedding okay. or even on your own?
1: Okay, so a two-part question, so to speak. Do yeah, we, sorry. Do I, yeah, do I print for myself? Yeah, Yes, we do. Though, uh, you know, uh, Mira and I... Like, Let's put it this way: highly commercialized photographers. We we try to photograph only when we're paid for it, right? So <laughs> we don't shoot, shoot a lot of landscapes, though we do a lot of portraits. You know, like of our kid, of ourselves, uh, and yeah, we do print. And uh, uh, if I photograph uh, some nice landscape, uh, I do for print it for myself. Um, for me, it's if this is the final result of any good photograph. Uh, the second part of the question, uh, can you remind me, Joe, what was
0: it? Well, I'll, I'll rephrase it. Like why, why would besides just sales? Cause we hit on that and that was a really good point. Um, mm-hmm. besides just sales, why should photographers pursue printing their photos?
1: The fact that photographer is printing, it greatly influences uh, photographer how he or she photographs. And we kind of experienced that, as, uh, me and Mira experienced that when we started printing and we started seeing our photographs. Uh, first of all, you uh, you f- you compose your images differently. OK? You, really? I, uh, yes. I think we started adding more negative space to all of our photographs. Uh, because we, especially when you build canvases, when you build photo mats, you know that you're lacking negative space, right? The background, the blurry background. It's always, uh, we're not shooting that tight as we used to, uh, cause also, you're thinking of
0: borders and mats and, and exactly. canvas wraps.
1: Exactly. You know, we all nowadays having uh, uh, high pixels, uh, high megapixels cameras. So, you know, cropping is always uh, an option. But, uh, you know, uh, so, yeah, we compose differently. And also, uh, I know that Mira, she started editing uh, way differently after we started printing our photographs. We do way more cleanup. Uh, We do way more like spot retouching because a lot of details, a lot of little artifacts that which you don't see even on your 27-inch screen, you will see them on the print. It's Um,
2: very unforgiving. There's been so many times where I've gotten a print and it's like, oh, I didn't realize that was there.
1: Yeah, as a printmaker, a lot of times when I print for uh, other photographers and when say when they order like a 24 by 36, like a big print... Sometimes I voluntarily print an eight by 10 and show it to photographer and photographer goes like, Oh shoot, I got to go and re-edit this image. There is a lot of artifacts because even on little eight by 10, you can see things that you don't see on, um, you don't see on, uh, on the screen, on on the screen. Exactly. So editing obviously evolved to a different level. Um, and, I know that Mira, she spends, uh, she treats the photos that she knows that will be guaranteed to be printed as a big pieces, right? You know, when you're editing a white ink, you know, okay, this one, that's definitely going to be a canvas. So she obviously edits that picture to a pure perfection because paper reveals everything. You know, some images that look like fantastic on your little two-inch uh, screen of your phone on Instagram doesn't look so fantastic when it's printed out as 24 by 36. And I'm not even talking about the sharpness. I'm just talking about, you know, the color gradation, yeah. the details. And I everything. remember
0: experiencing this when I visited your lab back in the days when I could visit your lab. But yeah. having those printouts be like, oh, wow, this looks totally different than I thought it did. Or sometimes it was a good change. Sometimes I think it just looked way better when it was printed. But there are other times where I'm like, oh... Now this is out here for the world to see on this 24 by 36 image paper. I remember
2: the uh, first time I was ever so proud of a landscape that I shot was of a a waterfall and a small pool at the very bottom of it. And uh, I was so proud of it It as kind of like a a burgeoning photographer. And I went and had like a really nice size printed of it. And uh, I got it in and it was one of those things where you had to mail it out and through an online print lab and I got it in after like two weeks of waiting and I open it up and I open it up and it was so beautiful and gorgeous and there's a soda bottle in the pond
1: here you go that's called, I just uh, <laughs>
2: completely looked over that's
1: called uh trying to remember the exact term it's a it's a selective blindness so to speak you know like uh we don't see the wires in the background we don't see the soda bottles but you know and it still happens. Uh, uh, believe it or not, we, one of the images that we submitted to WPPI a few years ago, uh, it was an image of a bride standing on top of a castle, the Belhurst uh, Castle. And oh, yeah. We had that image. Uh, it went into photo album. It went here and there. And then when we printed it for WPPI competition, we realized there is a window air conditioner in the window. Right next to the bride.
0: Ah! Was it, did you at least see this in time to fix the image before you submitted it, or was yes. it after?
1: Yeah, we saw it the second it came out of a printer. You know, Mira was spent so much time editing that picture, and there was absolutely nothing wrong with it until it came out on the paper. Like, like I said before, paper reveals everything. Absolutely.
0: So this would definitely force you to be more vigilant as a photographer, just seeing all of these things and, and you'll be aware of it next time being like, okay, I'm going to be watching for soda cans and air conditioners now.
1: Exactly. Also yeah. a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of popular filters and editing styles are actually don't look that good. Once you put your photo on the paper, you know, those pre-manufactured presets, a lot of them, you know, they they the only place where they look good is a little monitors and screens of the phones.
0: Yeah, and those are heavily relied on these days, too. It's interesting because the culture really is, I'm not shooting to make a printed product. I'm shooting so that I can share it online in some means or another. And, yep. yeah, a screen is extremely forgiving. Um, one thing that I enjoy about printed results specifically, though, is that the print is going to always be the same. When you view an image on a screen, depending on whose screen you're looking at it on, it could look completely different. If you're that looking at so it on true. somebody's phone, somebody's PC, or a, a television, or a, somebody else's computer, like it's going to look different every time. And you're going to be like, wait, was that so yellow? Was that so sharp? Or was that so black? Or was that so white? When it's printed, it's just, it's done.
1: Yep, it's finished and it's
0: complete.
2: Uh, I was just going to say, I know that there's a couple of photographers that will actually judge their work by h- how it looks on an older iPhone rather than how it would look on a calibrated monitor or print it out because they know they're going for Instagram likes or Facebook followers or whatever the case may be. So they'll make it a point to export this photo and see and judge the quality of it based off of how it looks on an iPhone.
0: So yeah. because, because Instagram an Instagram post is their product, you mean? Right. Yes. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, see, the color match and what we just, the topic we just start talking, we literally just scratch the surface of a huge, enormously huge iceberg called uh, <laughs> Screen Calibration. Uh, I would call it a color match and screen calibration is just a part of it. But color match is probably the third reason why we started printing. And there is also a story behind it. Basically, the long story short is we delivered the wedding on the thumb drive. And two weeks later, a couple got to us uh, saying, listen, there's something wrong with your images because we printed them and they look awful. And obviously for any photographer, it's like, a, it's a nightmare, right? It's, yeah. it's So we asked a couple to come over to our studio and show us. And they brought the photos made at the, uh, I don't want to call the names. Don't want to get sued, but in some just conventional print lab in one of our numerous, uh, uh supply chain stores. And... <laughs> But An nobody intro. knows which one we're talking about, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it starts with wool and ends with "Mart." Right? Some kind of small Mart. <laughs> small Mart, exactly. So they brought us like a pack of five by sevens, printed at Small Mart uh, Print Lab, and they did look awful. The grass was neon. The their faces were pink, and and even before we started printing. Our monitors were calibrated, right? Uh, it was just a very simple calibration device. Uh, so when we showed a couple images on our computer, they were like, oh, wow, they look super normal on your computer, so what the heck? So that was another reason. Uh, and that is a reason for any photographer to print his or her own images because you're in the way you edit your photos, the way you color produce them, color tone them, you should be in control how they get to your customers or to even to yourself or your friends or your family. And if you're just giving your images away, even if they're produced on a color-calibrated monitor, if you're just giving them to some conventional print lab, or even if you're giving it to high-end print lab, but you don't know the color calibration culture and mechanics, uh, you're not going to deliver uh, the product that you intended to deliver. That's it.
0: It's almost like having somebody else um, make changes after you've, after you've done all of the work. They just exactly. like, put more work into it
1: and, and change what you mm-hmm. made. Yeah. The problem with uh, uh, like conventional print labs is they're averaged, right? They, it's like a camera set to auto. So they're not using cheap print machines. They're using very expensive and high-speed printing machines, but they're set for auto. They don't have time to play with each order, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but say if you evolve to something like Miller's or White House or you know other print lab, which is national, but at least they're paying attention to what they're printing they might even provide you with a print profile you know or even provide you with some instructions how to prep your files so they look at least 90% close obviously the ultimate 100% way to have a uh, best color match is to print yourself uh, however i understand that not everybody can can and will afford the printer right so and uh, you know i like to say it this way say if you want to have good and healthy teeth you don't have to become a dentist right you just have to hire or find a good dentist right so same applies to printmaking if you want to produce high quality prints but you you don't have to become a printographer not necessarily you can find the good small print lab and at least you know in every big city and maybe every couple hundred miles you can find a small print lab that you can physically walk in you can talk to someone you can get a quality consultation uh, you can have someone who can at least introduce you to papers maybe introduce you to formats and files and proper exporting and you're all set You know, so there's two, two routes. You can become a printmaker to a certain degree, like just entry level or like a badass printmaker. Like I consider myself. We
0: consider you you that way too, Vlad. Don't. No No, fears. Don't humble
1: yourself. (laughs) You know, uh, option B, you can just find a good print lab that really cares, which doesn't have like 100 million customers. And, you know, they they will, uh, they will uh, fulfill all your printmaking needs.
2: So, Vlad, what I, what I guess you're saying is for somebody who just really wants to kind of dip their toes in the water of printmaking, your recommendation would be to go out and get something like the, uh, let me get this model number at right, the Canon Pro one thousand.
1: Canon 100. Pro 100 is a very good introduction. There is also Canon Pro 10. Uh, I think Pro 100 is going to be discontinued very soon. That's what I heard from Canon. Oh, it's a Canon, shame.
0: I actually yeah. had that printer. I really liked it.
1: Canon Pro 10 is a great. It's a couple. It's like a hundred bucks more expensive, but it's a it, it's a whole new level of technology. And then it goes to more complicated ones, the ones that require more setup and knowledge. Uh, but yeah, like I said, nowadays, uh, like answering your question, Chris, it's very easy to get in. I think it's way easier than it was ten years ago, and even five years ago when I was starting. Uh, right now, there's you know the software itself and the support, and YouTube videos and you know groups, uh, forums. It's uh, it's not that complicated.
2: Now, where where do you stand on the at the whole ink and paper side of things? Because obviously, that that is another kind of hurdle to getting into printmaking. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, so as we all know, the old you know, the pr- printer manufacturers, they're not really making money on producing printers. They're actually making money on selling ink. And ink is considered to be the second most expensive liquid on the planet after venom of some crazy scorpion. Wow. So, <laughs> yes. Well, I researched that part. The ink is officially second most expensive liquid on the planet. Uh, you know. Wow. Yes. I, I guess um, I always
0: thought it was like gasoline or something.
1: Well, no. <laughs> So uh, yes, uh, I even on the, on a Facebook group that I uh, manages, which is called Digital Printmaking for Photographers and Link thank in you description. For let, yeah, thank you for letting me advertise that one. Yeah, uh, no problem. I wrote a little article. It's called I believe it's called "14 14, 14 Things That One Needs to Become a Printmaker." And Printer is only one of them. You know, for example, obviously, you can't be a printmaker just with a printer. You need ink, you need paper, you need some basic tools, right? You need a uh, uh, cutting mat and maybe this and that, uh, cotton gloves. Uh, but uh, at some point, printer will become your cheapest inv- investment, you know, because uh, once you start investing in paper in ink, it does get pretty pricey. Mm-hmm. Um, it all depends on how far you want to go, how many products you want to offer, if you just want to be able to offer 5x7 and 8 x tens, and maybe a couple larger format uh, prints or uh, even like uh, a lot of uh, photographers that I convinced to become a printmakers they still order prints from larger uh, uh, from big uh, photo labs uh, but they have that luxury of checking the quality of their print before they order it. You know, they can quickly print it at at their home printer, check it, enjoy it, you know, give it as a gift to their couple and then order the badass canvas.
0: So I had one more question and then we should probably let you go. Definitely one thing that interests me personally and probably would interest a lot of people listening is the sales aspect of this. So getting back to that, how do you present the idea of printed photos to your clients um because a lot of people i think they especially in the wedding industry they expect to just be handed a usb drive and that's it they don't think about albums they don't think about wall art um some say they do but it, most people don't follow through with it but that's like your end goal so how do you convey that to your clients
1: my system or call it a strategy or call it any way you want it that i developed into how to sell prints right because our ultimate goal is to sell prints none, none of us here in this business are for charity and if, even if we invest in a high end printer we wouldn't do it for pleasure we want that printer to pay for itself right so we have to sell prints to our clients and a lot of photographers thinks that it's very difficult in our digital age and i agree it is difficult Because 20 years ago, when there was no digital, selling prints was no-brainer. You want to get a photograph, you have to buy a photograph, right? Uh, So, here's my strategy. It condenses to three phrases or three words. In order to sell prints, you have to talk prints, you have to show prints, and you have to give prints. As easy as it gets. When I meet with my couples at the studio, in the park, at their wedding... I try, and I always talk about prints from from the get go, from the beginning. You know, oh, but like even do, as you're shooting. Yes, we take a picture of a couple, and uh, for example, it's a really good picture, and I show it to them right on the back of my camera, and they go like, "Oh, this is so great!" And I go, "Yeah, you know what? This is going to be a great canvas right in the middle of your living room," or like, "Oh, this one is definitely going in the frame. I'm just putting those seeds." Right there, you know, right from the photo shoot. Uh,
0: I like that. I like getting getting them think about it right away. Like this is this is the this is why you're having photos taken.
2: The moment they first see that photo and just kind of carving that instinct yes. in their head, like yes. it's
1: it's a inception movie, you know, inception movie applies. <laughs> and you're right. It is it is a full service too. Like
0: people who, I mean, Chris, you know, like you get more out of your photos as the person who's being photographed when it's printed. Like I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, I still have to print my wedding photos. I've just been, you, you know, doing everybody else's, I guess. Yeah.
1: So the second part, you know, the second part is a uh, show and and that that's a big one as well. You know, when you're meeting with your clients, whether even it's, you know, some of us have a luxury meeting in our own studios, but some meetings say like at the cafe or outside, you can still bring some prints with you. You can bring a photo album. You will sell what you show. You know, you can't sell a Mercedes if you're showing a Chevy. It just it doesn't work this way. If you want to sell a Mercedes, you have to show it first, right? So showing is a big is a big part of it. Uh, uh, and it also applies, by the way, not just showing it in person, but uh, those photographers that I print for, and I kind of like take a, a liberty of mentoring them on on the sales. I always suggest if you order the print. And you received it from PhotoLab, show it on Facebook, show it on the social media. You have to show people that you're printing. So, uh, you know, either in person or on social media. And the third one, uh, it's, I think it's the most important, is give prints, right? So we have talk prints, show prints, and the most important one is give prints. You actually have to give your clients, your families, your couples a print to hold. Okay, so uh, how we implement this strategy is uh, our final packages, all of them, whether it's a small family photo shoot or if it's a couple thousand dollar wedding, it always ends up with a boxy box of a prints. Uh, all of our packages, even the smallest one, they include prints, at least some of them, you know. So we always make sure if possible, that the ever first contact that the couple makes or family makes with the photos is not digital, but it's physical.
0: Oh, so So you give them the prints before they get their flash drive or uh, any sort of digital?
1: so we deliver online gallery and the boxy box. You know, I call it the final package. But we make sure that we deliver the box before we give them a link to online gallery, though it's Mm. very...
2: Do you do and, any sneak peeks or anything like that, yes, just like a yeah. handful?
1: Yeah, of course we do. Yeah, We do sneak peeks to kind of color-proof and, and you know, make sure that the, our editing level and uh, technique satisfies the client, and if they're open for any comments, you know, they can do that. So, they, yes, to some degree, they do see digitals, but when we deliver the final package, we ship them or give them the box first so they have the physical contact. You know, they, that's their first point of contact was their memories is touching the paper. And we always make sure, uh, say, if it's a wedding package, we include a bunch of 5x7s, 8x10s. I throw in a couple photo mats. I print on the different types of paper. I include a letter that talks about different papers. Most recently, by the way, we started including the fine art paper in our packages, and couples just love it. That's, you know, for them, they feel like they entered some luxury secret club. So they
0: can tell, the, even just the difference in the, in the paper quality, they can tell once they hold it.
1: Absolutely. You know, they can even smell it, because uh, some of the papers we use, uh, they're uh, baritas, the like, for example, Canson Bureta Photographique. That paper is made with the same technology, like old-school Bureta paper, so it actually even smells like a real photograph. And like, hmm. like we talked on the very beginning, we're analog creatures. We love smelling and touching and feeling. So giving prints is a, it's very powerful. Some photographers actually questioned me, like, well, Vlad, if you're giving prints away, then they have nothing else to buy. And that's a very big misconception. People just want more. You know, you give them five... Uh, 5 by 7s they want 10. You give them 10, they want 20. You give them photomat, they want a frame. You give them a free frame. I know, Joe, you were giving some frames with photomats uh, to mm-hmm. your clients because I train them for you, right? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yep, yep.
1: They see a frame, they want one more frame for their friends or family. So giving, uh, it it works. It simply works. There is no gimmicks about it. You just have to factor it in your cost of doing business, You know, if you have to bring the price of your package uh, 20 bucks or 50 bucks up to compensate, you should definitely do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, just on increasing the first uh, impression, is going to be worth it alone. I mean, having somebody see your printed project and that being the best piece that you they see first. I mean, when you throw somebody a flash drive, they can click on any photo at random, but when you assemble like a little gift box for them and you stack it with like the first 10 great prints or something, and those are Mm -hmm. the absolute guaranteed first things that they see, I could see how that would pay off. And they're going to show it to
0: their friends. They're going to show those printed results to their, their other people who might want photos as well.
1: I also noticed that uh, clients uh, treat you—not even treat you, but they—they they look at you differently, rather than just a guy with a camera. You know, I, I'm sure all of us as a photographers had that point in their lives when you somebody asks you how much, for example, you charge for a wedding, and you tell the price, and people go, "Well, all you have to do is just show up with a camera. Why is it so expensive?" You know, uh, but when people see and understand the extent of degree of, uh, that you're delivering. You know, you're not just going to send them a bubble mailer with a little chip in it, That you're actually going to deliver a little masterpiece of your own. You know, like, for example, our writing package, that includes a wooden box with laser engraving and uh, a whole bunch of prints and handmade notes and some ribbons. Uh, people feel treated. People feel that they get what they pay for. So from business standpoint of view, uh, delivering prints brings you to a whole different new category, definitely.
2: It almost adds like a layer of luxury to it. Like It is. When, when somebody gets something so handcrafted like that, it's like, wow, they were really putting some serious thought into this. It must have been worth it.
1: Yeah, I had couples that were actually sharing videos of opening our boxes on, on Facebook. You know, they were doing, like, unbox, unbox therapy. That's gold <laughs> you know? right
0: there, if they just take the initiative to do that on their own. All right, Vlad, so this is really great stuff, and I'm so glad to have had you on the show here. We're actually implementing a new aspect to the show in this episode, and we were hoping that you could kind of give it the inaugural send off. are you open to this
1: yes let's do it
0: okay so what we're gonna do is we're now uh we're, we're out we're live on itunes and spotify and all of the podcast platforms we also have a facebook group that is very fresh in fact uh, at the time of this recording there are two members chris and myself
2: So, but hopefully by the end of the night, we'll have a third, hopefully Hopefully.
0: (laughs) hint, hint. Yeah. (laughs) But what we'd like to do is we'd like to, in, in these episodes, we'd like to have, we'd like to start implementing a uh, photo assignment or photo challenge, uh, to anyone who's listening and encourage them to interact on that group or other social media aspects, uh, interactions as they come up. But we want to have a different theme and challenge. Um, what were you saying like once a month for now, Chris,
2: something like that. And it's not going to just be like a standard run of the mill thing. We're, uh, we're adding a little bit of randomness to it. So basically yes. what we've done is we've compiled, uh, a list of different, uh, scenes, I guess, what are we calling it? So
0: we have different, a list of subjects and then a list of methods.
2: Right. So, uh, you know, every so often, we're going to go in, and uh, this particular time, we're pretty much going to be reaching into a hat here. Uh, eventually, I really want to get, like, one of those great big Wheel of Fortune spin thing at the carnival. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but for now, we were we were just going to have Vlad pick a number between 1 and 15 and go from there.
1: 25.
0: 25? Well,
2: that's a good start. Let's.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll repeat a number between. So we're gonna have to for the subject, Vlad. Can you choose a number between one and fifteen?
1: Um, Eleven.
0: Eleven. Okay. The subject is, in this case, it's uh, it's it's items. Your office or desk. Actually, that's as much as we thought. It doesn't even have to be items that are on your office or desk. But that is the subject. Like Chris, you look space Chris, you look thing. disappointed.
2: No, I, it's an interesting one. So uh, basically, I think our our concept of this is something to do with your workspace, something where you sit down, you edit your photos, uh, maybe you do research or something along those lines. Right. You know, it, it might be your mouse, it might be your camera sitting right next to you. Yep. It might be a, a cup of coffee.
0: We didn't want to make, or for Vlad, it's a you know, it's a printer. We didn't want to make it too specific because we didn't want to limit. But that's the subject. But here's this. Here's the twist. Now we're now going to. Choose a random method that you have to use for taking that photo. And this is where it could get really annoying, actually. So, Vlad, once again, can you pick a different number between one? Well, I guess you could pick the same one if you want, but a um, number between one and 15, once again, please.
1: Well, let's do number seven.
0: Number seven. Okay, shoot. <laughs> All right. So, what do <laughs> right,
1: we
2: got?
0: <laughs> okay, so the subject is office, workspace, desks. And the method is you must use the narrowest angle lens that you have. Oh, boy. So if you have a 400 millimeter lens, you have to shoot at 400 mil.
2: (laughs) Your office is big enough.
0: Okay. Yeah. Hopefully we have like really long offices here. So that's the only restriction though. Anything else goes, but you have whatever lenses you own. You have to shoot as narrow as possible. So, if you have uh, like a 70 to 200, you have to shoot it at 200. Okay. And we're just taking the honors system as far as like if somebody says, oh, I've only got a 18 millimeter. Well, okay. But
2: <laughs> but don't be posting a 24 millimeter shot in the next one.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, that's the, that's the challenge issued.
2: And it's not... A- It's not a contest. This is going to be something to kind of build everybody up. It's not a a winner or loser. Obviously, people are going to get recognition. Um, You know, it's Facebook, so, you know, you can be as nice or as negative as you want to be. But obviously, there will be some moderation there. But this is entirely meant to build people up, uh, offer constructive criticism. uh,
0: Generate more ideas. Maybe your photo give somebody else a really good idea for a project or a new detail that they can shoot when they're doing weddings. I mean, just stretching yourself and seeing what other people do generates more ideas. And the, the idea is to get creative juices flowing, which is something that I think is really needed right now, especially in this quarantine time. We're going to continue this even after the quarantine ends and it will end. But anyways, uh, that's, that's the goal right now is to just really generate some creativity amongst the community so right now that's it's not a very difficult thing to start with but your office workspace longest angle narrowest angle possible there you go now All right, Vlad, let's do it you've chosen the the random the randomness here but as a guest mm-hmm. you also have the right to add one more twist or one more creative requirement if you wish do you have anything
1: uh sure well since we're talking about the printmaking. Uh, let's add a challenge that the image has to include something that resembles with a printmaking. It doesn't have to be a printer. It can be a, a photograph. It can be a print. It can be a printmaking tool. It can be uh, uh, a frame. Anything huh. that resembles was a printmaking.
0: Something that lets the viewer know that you were thinking about printing.
1: Yes, that you care not that you're not just shoot edit burn,
2: but you should
1: edit print.
0: This is awesome.
1: <laughs> oh
2: man. This is gonna be I'm looking crazy. around my
0: office right now. I'm like, I know yeah, I've got I'm stuff. I'm
2: like, uh, uh, There's an ink cartridge right Chris, there. I think Chris I've got is the in
0: an office full of Game Boy colors. <laughs> yeah,
1: <you're laughs> sure, I can see on your camera, on my screen, I can see there was a canvas right behind you. I yes. A canvas, so... yeah, I th- didn't you make this canvas? You probably I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a few prints in my office yeah. here. but
1: well, Let's remember, guys, that uh, printing doesn't start and doesn't end with just a printer like in that article that i wrote printmaking includes a lot of uh tools i mean uh if uh, i'll post it on a facebook group that i have a picture of my uh, workbench when i'm working with prints it includes all sorts of uh, tools like a bristle brush and a an air blower and a uh, uh, utility knives and a uh, uh, eraser uh, ruler. So well,
2: your office sounds a whole lot cooler than mine. You get to work with eyes and everything. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's, it sounds like a Dexter show, right?
2: <laughs> I love this. I think that's, a, I think it's a great idea. Yes. yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on our show, Vlad. Obviously you get a, a chance to plug yourself here.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: And you know, we do need to see, <laughs> we do need to see your photos, of your office space with something print related at the narrowest angle possible too
1: uh, i'll do yeah, it. don't think you're getting you don't can't think you're issue the a challenge and
0: then just run away <laughs>
1: no 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 i'll uh, i'll dig through my existing photos i actually I, I like uh taking pictures with my uh you know of my print making process you know mm-hmm. i do it for myself and it's also a part of my talk show give strategy so whenever i'm making something cool or i think it's cool in my print lab, I, I attempt to snap a picture of it and post it. Wait,
0: wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. You can't use an old photo, Vlad. You got to take something new. Oh yeah, this is got to be fresh.
1: Okay. You right, got to, you got to get
0: fresh content, man. That, We're gonna, gonna check the, the
1: metadata because I don't have a, uh, I don't have a habit of taking snapshots with my 200 millimeter lens. That's the whole, <laughs> that's the whole point. None of us do. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to take it from like outside of my, from my backyard. To <laughs>
0: Right. This is going to be a challenge indeed.
2: Yes. Well, Vlad, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you or find your content?
1: Uh, so the easiest way, uh, if you just want to uh, research about printmaking, uh, you can go to our website. It's denko-imaging.com. And once you're on that website, which is, uh, you know, the website itself is just for like regular uh, families and people who are looking to get some pictures, but on the top of the website there is a a link uh, for Print Lab, and we actually made that whole section of our website as a resource for photographers who want to become printmakers. There's uh, articles and links uh, to different resources. You know, it basically touches the base on every aspect of printmaking. Paper, color calibration, uh, printers, products. uh, I think that's a good starting point. There is also a YouTube channel. You can just search it by Danko Imaging. And that channel is devoted solely to printmaking. There's a lot of tutorials. There's some videos of uh, projects that Joe and I executed together, a lot of uh, short videos explaining and talking about how to do you this and that. So that's a good resource as well. And I think the third one we mentioned in the beginning, there is a Facebook group called Digital Printmaking for Photographers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, a, it's a small group, uh, but it's also a closed group. So it's a safe playground. So to speak, you know, you can ask uh, all sorts of questions openly out there. And uh, uh, that group also includes uh, some people who are very, very recognized in the industry of printmaking. And they actually visit that group and give valuable advices and answer all the questions. So... That, that awesome. is a very helpful resource uh, for the people who want to, you know, uh, step into printmaking industry.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's some great resources right there. And I'll be sure to include those in the, I'll be mm-hmm. sure to include those in the show notes as well for viewers, for listeners who are checking this out and want to view those sites. And again, you'll also see the link to the Boca Banter Facebook group to contribute your submissions for this month's challenge. Vlad, I really appreciate you coming on.
1: Uh, My pleasure.
0: Well, stay safe, everyone. Uh, We're going to all get through this pretty soon. In the meantime, we're going to keep taking pictures, printing pictures, and juicing up the creativity. So we'll see you next time.